From Washington, this is the CQ Budget Podcast, your leading Capitol Hill source on how Congress allocates federal taxpayer dollars. I'm David Lorman, your budget tracker. And I'm Jennifer Shep, budget and appropriations reporter. And President-elect Joe Biden on Tuesday rolls out his new economic team for the coming administration next year. And one of his choices for his economic team has already triggered a firestorm and is facing a real confirmation battle in the Senate. And so we wanted to take a look today at who that is and what the fight is all about. Uh, Her name is Neera Tandon. She heads the uh, liberal-leaning Center for American Progress in town, but she was a longtime uh, hand of the Clintons. She'd worked in the Clinton White House. She helped run Hillary Clinton's uh, 2008 campaign, um, and she later served under the in the Obama administration, helping draft the Affordable Care Act. So she's a a longtime uh, liberal domestic policy aide. But this is going to be a battle, and Republicans, Jen, seem to be pretty incensed. Yeah, Republicans were not particularly happy with this choice by President-elect Joe Biden. They've mostly hung back on previous nominations that he's put forward during the transition process. But Republicans on Capitol Hill were pretty clear yesterday that they don't think she's the right choice to lead the Office of Management and Budget within the White House. South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham, who's likely to be the top Republican on the Budget Committee next year, he told reporters that her chances of being confirmed are uphill. Uh, Senator Graham also would not commit to holding a confirmation hearing for her uh, if Republicans maintain control of the Senate next year. And Senator John Cornyn, a Republican of Texas, who tends to be a pretty good sort of bellwether for where Senate Republicans are at on any particular nominee. Uh, He called her radioactive and said that she's been the worst nominee so far. Um, So it sounds like Republicans are pretty opposed to her, which is not something particularly surprising given her resume and her work at the left-leaning Center for American Progress Um, What I think will be particularly interesting is to see where Senator Bernie Sanders, the top Democrat, I guess, technically on the Senate Budget Committee, uh, if he comes out with any type of official statement on her, I think that'll be an interesting thing to watch because he has been uh, critical of her in the past um, in a letter last year Um, He said that she repeatedly calls for unity while simultaneously maligning his staff and his supporters and belittling progressive ideas. Um, And his office would not respond to requests for comment yesterday. But I think it's safe to say that Sanders is not particularly happy with this choice. Yeah. And my sense, Jen, is that opposition to her stems not so much from her policy views. Everybody knows she's a liberal but from her personal style and rhetoric. It's possible. I think, you know, I think Republicans, one of the issues that they brought up yesterday is that she, you know, sort of airs some grievances on her Twitter account. Um, And Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer, Democrat of New York, he called their concerns and her frustration with her Twitter account 
hypocrisy um, and said that he has no doubt that there will continue to be, quote, crocodile tears from Republicans on her nomination, but that she is, you know, qualified to become the Office of Management and Budget Director. Um, He also said, if Republicans have concerns about someone's Twitter use, they should turn their attention to President Donald Trump, uh, who has repeatedly maligned Republican senators on his own Twitter account. Um, And so within just a few hours of her nomination becoming official from the Biden campaign, or Biden transition, excuse me, on Monday, um, you know, there's a lot of really strong rhetoric being passed around in the United States Senate where she'll need to be confirmed next year if her nomination sticks. Yeah, because Tandon, you know, has not been afraid of sort of poking people in the eye with her with with sharp rhetoric. I mean, just during the Amy Coney Barrett Supreme Court confirmation fight, I mean, Tandon had accused Mitch McConnell, the majority leader, of having broken the Senate, broken our democracy. Uh, she referred to him as Moscow Mitch, that reference Democrats have used to paint him as being too close to Russia. Um, she went after Susan Collins, the moderate Republican from Maine, uh, during the Brett Kavanaugh confirmation fight. I mean, there's, and during the whole impeachment battle, um, you know, there were emails released that where she was attacking Republicans. So there's there's really been a history with her of some sharp pointed rhetoric that I'm sure now has Republicans pretty unhappy uh, with her in what is a a key uh, a key position because White House budget director I mean she whoever's the White House budget director has to work very closely uh, particularly if there's a Republican controlled Senate next year as may well be likely. Um, to, to get any budget passed, I mean, th- she's going to have to work closely with Senate Republicans, and that won't be easy, even if she is confirmed, because of this history, I think, of, of, of kind of bad blood between the two sides. Yeah, but we have seen nominees in the past um, come from sort of more messaging standpoints, you know, individuals from the Democratic Party or Republican Party who were very critical of the opposing side. And when they went through the nomination process, they essentially said, hey, look, that was my role as, you know, congressman from, let's just say, North Carolina, for one example. But now I'm in this new role and my job is to make sure that, you know, a budget gets passed or legislation gets enacted for COVID-19 relief or something like that. And so we've definitely seen in the past nominees, um, you know, who maybe leaned more left or more right, uh, sort of soften their talking points and to a certain degree their policy stances in some cases when they're nominated for a position like director of the Office of Management and Budget. And so that's something we could see in this situation if her nomination sticks. Um, but, you know, if if after the two Georgia runoff races... Um, on January 5th, if Republicans maintain control of the Senate, then, you know, heading towards that January 20th inauguration date for President-elect Joe Biden, you know, if there's, you know, really strong opposition to her nomination, they could withdraw it and put forward more of a consensus candidate that does remain an option. And we should say even some progressive Democrats weren't, weren't that thrilled with Tandon's nomination, although I'm not sure they're really opposing her but they have expressed qualms that she really isn't quite as left-leaning as they would like to see. So that doesn't help her either. 
Yeah, but there are some left-leaning Democrats on board. Congresswoman Barbara Lee, Democrat of California, um, you know, a very important voice on the House Appropriations Committee, the Congressional Black Caucus, and the Congressional Progressive Caucus. Uh, she tweeted that Tandon will, quote, bring the experience and humanity urgently needed, end quote, to the um, OMB director position. And so it's not like all left-leaning Democrats or all Democrats are against her nomination at this point in time. She's definitely getting some support. Um, and we also heard support from, you know, as I said earlier, Senate Democratic leader Chuck Schumer. So it's not like there's, you know, a wall of support against her. It's just if Republicans main can maintain control of the Senate, her path might be particularly more challenging than it would be if Democrats get control of the Senate. Right. And then policy-wise, I think it's fair to say Tandon is more of a sort of Clinton Democrat than a uh, progressive Democrat. She, she actually helped author the Affordable Care Act's provision uh, initially for a public option uh, in addition to private health plans, which was ultimately taken out, but that was where she was coming from. But she has not backed Medicare for all the way a Bernie Sanders does. Um, and on the other hand, she does, she clearly is not advocating austerity. She doesn't want to put a focus on, on reducing the deficit. She's going to be, she would be advocating aggressively for uh, more, more spending, uh, particularly to fight the uh, economic effects of the pandemic. She has testified on the Hill repeatedly that uh, debt concerns are real, but they're a long-term challenge and they should not be the urgent priority now. And she's even mocked the Congressional Budget Office for, for what she views as these, as these doomsday scenarios that the CBO puts out on how rising debt is going to send interest rates soaring. And in fact, interest rates have stayed very low and the CBO forecasts have proven to be a bit faulty on in predicting interest rates. And so she's used that to say, hey, um, we don't need to, to spend as much time and energy focusing on reducing our debt right now because we have bigger problems and there's a lot of working families being hurt in tough times and we can't be cutting all of these vital programs. So I think, I think ideologically that's sort of where she fits on the spectrum is what I would call a Clinton Democrat. Yeah, but interestingly enough, her stance on the debt and the deficit right now with respect to interest rates and coronavirus relief specifically almost mirrors that of Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin. We've heard him say repeatedly throughout the past few months that in terms of supporting the economy through the pandemic and ensuring that healthcare workers you know, have the personal protective equipment and the supplies they need, um, that the deficit is not really that much of a consideration right now. So her stance, you know, just kind of on the deficit with respect to coronavirus relief spending, isn't really that left-leaning. It's actually something a member of the Trump administration has been saying repeatedly for months. Well, that's a fair point. Um, but that, I think that's the function of the pandemic, whereas she, she was advocating this even before the pandemic hit, was that was that the debt should not be the primary uh, focus. I think she's, she's less concerned about the debt than most Republicans would be, clearly. But Well, yes, but Republicans haven't been particularly concerned about the debt during the Trump administration. Fair enough, right. So that's, that's kind of where she is politically, but as, as, uh, policy-wise. But I, 
my sense, Jen, is that this really isn't so much a policy fight. They know that Joe Biden is going to is going to nominate liberals, basically, for these key positions, not conservatives. Um, but because of her Tandon's personal style and, and sharp rhetoric, um, this is shaping up to be a bigger fight than maybe the Biden folks were expecting. I think that's a fair assessment of where they're at right now with her particular nomination. So she may be the lightning rod here in terms of Biden's economic team. We should say, I mean, he did nominate Janet Yellen to be treasury secretary. And by all accounts, that's going smoothly. And she should, she should sail right into office. Um, former federal reserve chairwoman was highly regarded by both sides. Um, for her experience, and there really hasn't been any controversy there. Um, but but for for Tandon and the Office of Management and Budget, that's that's going to be a real battle, and we're going to have to see how that plays out and whether Tandon actually gets confirmed in the in uh, come January. That does it for us today. If you have any questions or comments about our podcast, we'd love to hear from you. You can always drop us an email. The address is cqpodcast, one word, at cqrollcall.com. The CQ Budget Podcast is produced by CQ Roll Call, a leader in nonpartisan political and policy news and analysis for more than 70 years. CQ Roll Call is part of Fiscal Note, a global technology and media company. Thank you all for listening. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker. And I'm Jennifer Shutt, budget and appropriations reporter. You can always stay up to date by subscribing to the CQ Budget Newsletter. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, NPR One, or just Google the phrase CQ Budget Podcast. And we'll be back next week. <laughs>